Aloha, all my money makers out there. This is Indar, and I'm your Hawaii money guy. We have our 10th episode today, and we have an exciting episode because we're going to talk about lending. We're going to talk about money, all the different forms of lending and how to get deals. It's honestly one of the funnest subjects I love talking about. So we're excited to talk to you guys and share all the ins and outs of this industry captured with lending. So let's dive into lending and seeing what it takes to get deals. Just before we get started, I'd love it if you guys could subscribe below and that way we can reach more people and just help people make their money work for them in any different way we can. Thank you guys and let's get started in today's content. So what is lending? What is lending at the surface? What is it? When we buy a house, we buy a property, and when we buy a car, we get lending, we get loans. We all know that, it's pretty common. But how do we get that? How do we get lending? There's different kinds of lending. As we know, there's traditional bank lendings. You can go get a loan at the bank. You're gonna need your everything, your blood type, your social security, your hair color, your sex location. It's not easy getting a loan at the bank. They're gonna dive into you. They're gonna really look at your income, your taxes. They're gonna look at your profit and loss if you have a company, balance sheets, and all this fun, fun stuff, which is great because they're gonna make sure that you can afford what you're gonna buy. So banks are a great source definitely to get your first loan. Um, there's all kinds of other benefits that your the banks can offer lower interest rates. Um, they have first-time loan programs like the Fannie and Freddie will give you really, really great rates, really low downs. I bought my first house with 1% down. So there's a lot of great programs out there for that first home, home buyer. And don't be worried about it because they're not gonna lend more than you can afford because they're gonna dive into your everything about you, bank statements, they're gonna look at everything possibly with you. So they're not gonna lend to you what you can't afford. Um, they'll give you different options. You can do longer rate, longer term loans, 30 year loans. Um, right now it's really hot. You can do the three or five year arm loans, seven or even 10 year arm loans where you can get lower interest rates. So that's important to understand these different kinds of things. Um, we don't generally use traditional bank lending to buy our properties. Um, one, they're kind of hard to do because they take a lot of work and you got to show a lot. and you, It takes a very long process in general. It's not easy to do. Uh, normally, we actually buy our properties with hard money loans. We use a hard money lender. The hard money lender, the two differences, it's called not, it's called re, non-recourse loans and recourse loans, meaning that on a hard money lender, they're not gonna really come after you per se, they're gonna come after the property, take the asset, foreclose on that. On a recourse loan, they're gonna actually recourse on you and everything else about you. They're gonna put foreclosures, they're gonna put, um, it, it, they're gonna really come after you as a person. So the you're securing that debt uh, against you as your name when you're traditional banks with recourse loans. You're securing that debt with you as an individual. Non-recourse, you're securing that debt buying that property on an LLC. Um, it's a, I mean, they can come after you either way. So don't think of it, they can't come after you and hide you. So it's just a difference of the loan, which makes it easier to do when it's a non-recourse loan. Now they don't really care about you as much. They care about the asset, about the property. So hard money lenders are a lot easy to use because yes, you they look at you, you're, 
your credit, make sure you have some decent credit, a 680, they can even do 650 on some people, and make sure you have you know, a decent debt, they don't even look at your debt to service income ratio too much. Um, it's just you wanna look at your credit, make sure you're, you're a good human being basically. Um, if you are doing a DSCR loan, that's another type of loan. But generally a hard money lender is gonna look at that deal, just gonna make sure that asset is a deal they're going to check what you're purchasing it for if it's a fix and flip what is your rehab budget and what is it worth your arv so they are going to dive in on that property and make sure that deal's a deal when you're doing a flip they're going to make sure that the deal's a deal and the reason they are is because they're securing most of their money against that loan they're going to lend to you uh 90 LTV or 75% LTC, so loan to value or loan to cost, basically. They're gonna basically give you about 75% of the purchase price and then fund the rest of the rehab, uh, give or take, depending on what appraisals and so forth are. So it depends on what appraisals are and what you're lending, uh, uh, what kind of terms you as an individual can get. Newer people generally don't as good as get as good terms as a you know more a seasoned veteran, like we, we can get more better terms. But a hard money lender will fund most of the deal. They'll fund you know the purchase price, the rehab, and all that. They're gonna vet that deal, make sure that deal's a deal. Uh, there's uh, a lot of different ways to get hard money loans, a lot of different of them out there. And we've just started a hard money lending company ourselves. So if you guys are interested in hard money lending, we have a hard money lending company, White Sands Capital Lending. So White Sands Capital Lending is a hard money lending company where investors could come in and get a hard money loan with us and uh, and work with us through one of your projects. We also have private money lenders who come in and invest on our deals. So a hard money lender funds most of the deal, the rest of the deal is fund with private money lending. Two different types of people. Hard money lenders are you know, institutional money, they come from Wall Street. We get our loans, our money from Wall Street. Uh, private money lenders are people, individuals who have, who have funds to lend out and make a higher return. Hard money lenders are lower uh, rates of interest, so that's why we use them, because a hard money lender is a lot lower uh, generally, we were at seven or eight percent. Now we're up to nine percent, nine and a half percent for our um, some of our loans. Even ten percent, we're seeing on some loans, depending on the deal, the loan, uh, even ten and a half. So it depends. And then you're also going to pay a point or two points for that that uh, service. It's called a point is equal to one percent. So one point is one percent. So whatever your loan is at, say. I don't know, it's a $500,000 loan, you're gonna pay one point. You're gonna pay five grand for that, for that service, for that loan, for that lender to do work. Sometimes that money goes to the lender, sometimes it goes to the source of the money. All the money comes from Wall Street. That's where generally most of these hedge funds and the sources of money come from. Um, so the hard money lender, he's gonna fund most of the deal. The private money lender, he's gonna come in and fund the rest of the deal. And that's where I bring private money lenders involved. We pay a higher rate of return to those people, um, but we try to use hard money most of the deal because they're lower uh, interest rates, even though eight, nine, 10% is still pretty high. Um, they're still a lower 
interest rate. So we try to use them as much as we can, use the hard money lender and, um, and make that hard money lender kind of work for us. It's pretty easy to work with a hard money lender. Um, all it requires is you to get a deal, you need a rehab budget to send to them, um, and they're gonna ask for some simple stuff like your bank statements. Um, they'll ask for some you know, purchase and sale agreements, some stuff about the loan, and if they may have an application you fill out, and then maybe your, uh, your ID and some basic, uh, basic information like that and so forth. And then they're gonna start vetting a deal, run an appraisal, um, if you work with us, it's just a simple email. Literally, we can do everything uh, very quickly. So the hard money lender uh, will fund most of your deal, and then you bring in that private money investor. So that private money investor now is we put them on top of the loan as well. And we have a mortgage and a promissory note and a mortgage. And the promissory note secures them. Uh, promissory note talks about the money. It's it's talking about interest rates and terms. A, a note in generally normally talks about money, interest rate terms, length of uh, the 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 deal, the terms of the deal, basically. Uh, more about the money side of it. And the mortgage is more about the property. It's securing you to the property. The mortgage is attaching you to that specific property. It's a lien, it's a it's a lien against that property. So a mortgage attaches you to that property. So the mortgage will talk about all the property, legal, TMK, and all the tax information about the property. You even have, we'll have Appendix A where they talk about uh, the longitude and latitude of the property, where it's located, and all that you know, legal stuff about the property, and then providing your name, of course, on there, as well as the the owner of the property's name is on there, and everything is notarized and officially you know done right, of course, um, and then that attaches you to the property. Um, so it does have to be recorded second uh, position or after the after the hard money lender does their part of the job, but um, it's just how the industry works. He who gives the most money gets the first position, obviously. So the private money lenders are definitely a key to this business and how you can scale and not do more. We are actually all private money lenders in a lot of our deals as well, only in my own personal deals and not to other people right now uh, because we will be making you know our 12 percent as well on all our deals and i'm sprinkled kind of the back end of all the deals whatever that deal may need uh that's where we will be in the back part of all our deals kind of keeping that extra reserve uh, for our deal so we keep a nice healthy reserve on all our deals and that's where we come in um you can also do HELOCs. So another form of loans is HELOCs. It's going back to the traditional bank, you can get lines of credit or taking out the equity of your homes. I know these are weird names when you're first getting into it. Basically, all that you're, I'm saying is uh, you have a house you own, you personally own, friends or family, maybe your parents own, um, and that house has now went up in value. You can take out some of that difference in value out of that home and put it to work so that's what great thing with the HELOC is used for is definitely should be used to put it to work to take that HELOC and leverage it to do more with it don't go buy a TV or a couch or a car do 
something with it to make you more money, especially if you have value sitting in your home. So if you have a home that your even your friends or family or relatives um, own and you can talk to your dad or whoever to use that HELOC to make more money, something safe like real estate, you know, I wouldn't recommend buying any crypto or stocks or something like that, but something safe that you feel comfortable in it, definitely put it to work. Um, we have a HELOC, I have a $400,000 HELOC against my house and uh, it's out in actually in our deals. So we're lending on, on our deals as well with our HELOC or it's buying properties and so forth. Um, so we buy the property with a hard money loan, um, with private money lenders, with some of our HELOCs, our own money, kind of combination of all. After that property is fixed up and nicely done and, you know, make it nice, beautiful, beautiful, fire, raise rents. If it's a rental property, larger rental properties will raise rents. Um, then we go to the bank. So my process is we get secure of that property, whatever it takes. Sometimes we have to buy these cash quickly, two weeks. That's why we need hard money investors and so forth. Buy them quickly now. And then later on, you can do what you need with the property. It's almost like get control now, figure it out later. Kind of it's the mindset. And that's when later on we refinance with the banks and um, we will either A, sell it, of course, if it's a flip, or if it works as a rental, rental numbers work, then we refinance with a traditional bank. And when we do that, we refinance with a traditional bank, as we talked about, the those conventional loans are better rates, better returns, or something you wanna sit and hold for years and years to come. And if the markets, you know, rates are not good, you do a, a a three or five year arm or something a little better rate that you can just figure out again in three to five years so a combination of that but generally you want to try and get into a nice pretty bank loan but I do have hard money loans with 30 years on them but they're great loans too I have a hard money loan at five percent right now um, and a benefit of that is still it so remember I talked about at the beginning it's a non recourse debt so it doesn't show up. It doesn't show up on my credit report. It doesn't show up. It's against me, and this gets into more high level later on. Is you're only allowed ten properties in your specific in your personal name. So you're only allowed ten properties to be held in your name. You're only allowed uh, recourse debt, traditional bank loans, ten of them in your name. So you kind of want to be smart on what ten you put in your name. You want to put maybe the bigger, higher, you know, millions and millions of dollar type of property in your name compared to a $100,000 property. You wouldn't really want to waste that in your name. Um, and later on, you can get later, later, you do portfolio loans and things like that. Like we, we work on with some of our deals and um, it just gets more complicated <laughs> and I can get more into it. But generally you want to used the long-term loan, the 30-year loan, either with a cheaper interest rate or we have hard money loans and 30-year loans with hard money lenders. So hard money lenders also do 30-year loans. They'll do a DSCR type of loan where they're gonna look at the debt to service ratio of that property, if it's cash flowing, if it's a good rental. Um, they're gonna look at that type of property and put it in a three 30-year uh, loan and um, they even have five-year and seven-year arms. So hard money lenders have those same type of loans. They just cost more for a hard money lender. 
Um, another few things you should look out for and make sure you understand is, again, if there's any points in interest. Um, if you're ever working with a hard money lender for a fix and flip, ask about Dutch and non-Dutch. Uh, so what that means is we will get a rehab budget. Say it's $100,000, we'll get a rehab budget of hundred grand. The some hard money lenders will start charging you off the bat for that hundred grand. You're gonna pay a point up front or whatever the fees are up front for it, which is fine. But they will start charging you um, as you you have that money. And oftentimes, like we have an eight hundred thousand dollar rehab budget right now, we don't have that money. We have to do work, do draws to get that money. Um, we we get charged as we as we do draw so as you get that money now you can you're going to start paying that eight nine percent interest ten percent interest on that money as you're drawing it so now your mortgage goes up your um your mortgage payments will start to increase because now you're drawing on that when it's when it's dutch or non-dutch there you some lenders will not you won't be paying that until you until you draw on it so the difference is you're either going to be paying it on it all at all at once, no matter what if you have it or not, or you're paying on it as you use it. So um, you want to understand the difference and do the math on that because say you have a year project and you're not using that money until later on you're not drawing on that money. There's a big difference in that in that as you draw it. You know you're talking you know ten twenty thousand dollars sometimes, um, which I like to keep my money. So make sure you understand that. Um, also understand that uh, the loan to value and stuff like that, LTC, LTV, seeing what the lender will give you. Some lenders will give you more. They'll say 90% and, uh, and maybe 70% loan to cost. See, kind of do the math and figure out how much they're really, really going to give you up front because then you have to come up with the gap funding. You have to come up with the rest. Uh, term gap funding, by the way, is the difference that you need from the hard money lender. How much different do you need to fund the rest of the deal? So you'll hear that term a lot, gap funding. Um, there's also other forms of money to be found. You can get money from uh, personal lines of credit with banks. Uh, smaller lines, they're 20, 30, 40, 50, up to 75,000. Some banks will have these um, just personal lines of credit. They're, they're not based upon anything other than your business, doing business there at the bank and what kind of relationships you, ha you have with that banks. Most banks you can get them at if you're successful business, good credit and so forth. So we have a few lines of credit. Later on, as you develop a relationship with banks, they can actually increase those. So with one of our banks right now, we're actually working to increase that lines of credit up to 250 three we're trying to get up to 250 at this specific bank right now line of credit and that that's useful because it's just a line of credit unsecured by no property or nothing it's just secured by your business being a successful business and doing business with that banks for a long time showing a lot of money coming and going of course having good taxes and good credit as well so that unsecured line of credit is very useful you can draw on it, use it, and pay back and use it. It's just like money that's available for you when you need it, and you can pay it back when you don't need it. So very useful to have with banks. Um, be careful. I should put this. If you ever hear 
people out there, lenders who want your, you know, give me your bank statements for the last three months, and I'll get you a loan on that. Be careful those kind of lenders. They're going to talk about factor rate, or some of their interest rates might be enticing, but their rates are actually monthly rates, so you're going to be paying a lot of money for that kind of stuff. It's great for in a pinch if you ever need money, like now for two weeks, maybe a month. There's a lot of them out there. Uh, I can rattle off some for you. Blue Vine, um, Goldman, Goldman Sachs, Marcos, Marquis, Marcos, I can't say right. Um, uh, I can't even think of all of them. There's a lot of different ones out there. Be careful with some of them. Some of them are scans. Some of them are really expensive money. Um, I would just be careful when you're dealing with that. If you need help, just message me, of course, on those. Because um, you're going to get a lot of calls. I literally get actually called, co-called almost daily about different types of lenders want to give me money. And um, generally, those are the ones you want to stay away from. Um, there are some great hard money lenders, but be careful when they're talking about those those kind of rates, factor rates, or interest rates that are monthly. You know, they're not explaining it well sometimes because they're kind of trying to get you. So be careful with that. Um, we can be a hard money lending company for you guys. And... Uh, just be careful of some of those private, uh, those, those, I just want to be careful. I've tried them myself and they're great in a pinch, but you have to be ready to pay them back. Uh, another way to get some money of, is, is credit cards. Um, when we first started working early on, um, um, my buddy turned me on to the credit card game, of course, having credit cards. We have, I don't know, maybe 150,000 in lines of credit that we're able to use off of credit cards. You can get a credit card, of course, for 18 months. Uh, no, no interest and get all the points and all the benefits of a card. You use that for your rehab budget maybe um, and, and use it towards a project. Then you sell the, sell the house and pay back the credit card. So it takes a lot of discipline to play with credit cards and I wouldn't recommend it unless you have that discipline, unless you are strict on how you spend and use it, of course, and paying it back. Um, later on, you can get it really into credit cards if you want to run your whole company through a credit card, build up your points, pay it off at the end of the month, and start accumulating points and stuff like that, which uh, we've done. And, and it's great, but it's a lot of just work to track and keep up with. It. And we still dabble in trying to do that. But credit cards are a great way to get, of course, money. There's a website called Plastic, Plastic with a Q, where you can actually take money off your credit card. Sometimes credit cards give you that cash, kind of write a check kind of thing where you can take, again, money off your credit card to use that. Um, it's great to use just in a pinch or um, you can actually use it for down payments. Uh, you have to, gets a little technical there, but it's great to use when, you know, got to pay a contractor, got to keep the job growing. You didn't raise enough money for a specific deal, goes over, but whatever it may, may be. The, the amount of money in this business that you need is it's good to, to find all the different resources to have you know finding money I remember I was early on finding money was always the scariest part of this whole thing like how, how am I gonna find the money didn't realize uh, deals more important to money by the way guys so finding the deal first is more important than money you'll find the money if the deal is good enough um, so early on that was my biggest worry was how do I find the money to do this buying a $700,000 house was my first flip and how do I find I found a hard money lender 
And back then, the hard money lenders were like 14% and two points. Um, and they want to lend to you, this is like 2014, um, 15 maybe sometime. Was, uh, they want to lend to you unless you had deals under your belt. So I had the JV with somebody, I had the partner with somebody who had experts. You know, he, he'd done a few deals himself. So that lender would give money to me. You know, hard money was scarce at the time. Um, these, I think we were still calling them loan sharks at the time. That's what they used to be kind of called. Uh, kind of a little different, but yeah, and generally that's what they were called back then. Um, so we would get a hard money loan from them, and uh, we really had to qualify ourselves. And they didn't give us much as much in front, so I was very scared of how to find the rest of the deal. I think I had 10000 to my name or something. Um, and that's when I just partnered with somebody who had the rest uh, of the money, and he helped secure private money. Uh, to to do the rest of the deal. So I would recommend partnering with somebody if you don't have that money you're worried about. Because again, making half a deal is a lot better than making nothing. So uh, that's what we did and that's worked for us. And it was great to partner with somebody on our first deal to give you really that sense of security. Show me the process of working with the hard money lender. lender. Funny story is I partnered with somebody to work with the hard money lender and um, he... He didn't pull through. He didn't, uh, you know, get it done. So last minute, we're about to lose ten grand of our earnest money deposit. I was able to get two more weeks, and I got a new lender in place, and I got got the deal done. And we did the deal, and um, we got it done. We end up selling for over a million, and uh, it was a deal. We made money. Um, so, you know, hard money lenders. Are a lot of them out there you can google them you can find a lot of different lenders as well but uh, again lend with white sands capital <laughs> but um, there's a lot of de- different different ones out there and you should always be kind of shopping around see seeing who you like to work with um, there's different things to look for relationships is important to me you know the person how easy it is to work and get the loan with that that person you know is it simply is it simplicity where I can just upload everything one time or we have a portal you can just upload everything really easy and then see you when we're ready to close kind of you know process um, th- that's important to me the easeability of it all because then that can allows me to go do more things um, and the rates obviously are very important to you know to me as well because the rates can really affect some of our deals our larger deals when we're doing a million dollars so the rates can affect a lot on, on a deal as well it, it tells if a door a deal works or not um, we're always constantly constantly finding different loan programs out there and some of the markets we're in we're doing a multifam excuse me a commercial uh, loan right now I called like 10 different lenders and traditional banks and just talked to them all and seeing what type of terms worked best for me what I wanted to get um, my biggest thing is trying to get uh, more loan to value is my biggest press so I have to come up with less gap funds which allows me to use my gap fund lenders to do more so loan to value is my biggest push what I would like to get from hard money lenders and that's what we we have a really high LTV ourselves as hard money lenders um, so looking for a big LTV is my biggest push of course the knowing that that lender could is going to close on that deal can produce you know they're know what they're doing kind of thing 
makes it a lot easier because you have an earnest money deposit at stake. You have a lot at stake if that lender can't lend on a deal. Um, or you don't want to just lose the deal because of your lender. We've been in that situation before. Um, recently, actually, one of our lenders, we hit a limit. We have a $10 million limit with one of our lenders. A lot of people use this uh, lender. And we had a $10 million limit. And they were doing our loan, got to the very end of the deal, two weeks from closing. And they come and tell us, well, you're at your limit. You can't. We can't lend more to you. Um, well, thanks for telling me that last minute. So we had to shop around and find somebody else. This was uh, maybe four or five months ago. And luckily, last minute, I pulled through with you know plan B um, because I had more relationships with other people. So some markets, when we're buying in residential kind of stuff, I'll call traditional banks and I'll call all the banks in that area, primary smaller banks I look for. Um, whether with any lender, any market, I want to call and find out all the different. I'm shopping around, you know. If I told you th this would save you, you know, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, would you take a day and call around? You probably would. So that's the way I think of it as it's going to save you a lot of money by just taking that day to call around um, and find a, a good lender that you want to work with. Um, the other thing hard about some of the traditional bank lenders are. The lot of the lack of, they're just hard to work with sometimes. Uh, they're kind of, you know, this is their, their salary position maybe, or they're just so overworked with so many different people trying to get loans from these smaller banks that you're just, you know, not important to them. So sometimes they're not really getting back to you or they're not really keen on getting the job done. and. It's every person's different, of course, but that's generally what I find with most traditional banks. Yes, there's some great people out there, and everybody's great, but they might be just swamped with too much stuff. Um, hard money lenders generally are they're just on it. They want their business. They want your business. Um, they're really more aggressive because they're making off a commission per deal, so they're trying to push and get this done. So. Little differences I noticed just personally, and even doing refinances definitely can be hard and so forth um, with traditional banks, of course. So um, make sure you understand that kind of those nuances and while we're talking about all this, you know, how to find a lot of them. Obviously, you can go Google and search them. Bigger Pockets has a hard money list of hard money. Um, you can have a deal and have that email template set up and you can BCC or you can just you know, send that email to at least five or ten different people and try and get some terms and rates back um, and see who responds back the fastest or who calls you or who, who wants to work with you. Um, so that's important, you know, of course, to see that relationship again. Um, then what, what rates you're kind of looking for, what they can give, you know, is... Is interest rates more important than loan to value? Is is um, all some of the other nuances of of having a traditional bank work instead of a hard money? You know, so you kind of weigh that stuff out. And again, traditional banks are great, and they kind of are the, the number one, honestly. But they're just hard to work with, and um, not what sometimes we can use as flips because in a flip we need to. Uh, be in and out. And even on our bigger deals, we use hard money lenders, bridge lenders. You hear bridge loans. So bridge loans meaning short bridge. 
you'll hear bridge loans. So bridge loans is we use on some of our multifamily, the shopping center, we're getting a bridge loan. So a bridge loan is just kind of another fancy name for hard money lender um, or vice versa. So we get a bridge loan, which is a short-term loan, uh, higher rates um, that we can stabilize a property now, we can fix up this property, we can raise rents. Um, maybe there's generally some good stuff like on our shopping center uh, where we have no interest payments for 24 months. So meaning uh, only, sorry, interest only for 24 months, IO for 24 months, meaning interest only, meaning we're just paying the interest for 24 months. So normally when you pay like a home mortgage, you're paying principal and interest, um, which is higher amounts. So interest only meaning we can pay a lot lower amount upfront for that 24 months. So it allows us to keep the cost down of our mortgage and so forth and still have income coming in as we stabilize the property, as we, as we raise rents and so forth, as we um, make this property better. So if it's not bringing as much income because we have, you know, a unit being fixed up or something like that, it's nice to lower the expenses at first and stabilize it and then later on refinance it later. So that's the process of what a bridge and why it's important to us, especially when we're doing fix and flips. It's the same thing. It's a bridge where we're paying interest only. Um, Yeah, so... Later on, you need to understand all the different nuances of that. And then understanding what's your end goal of it all, you're going to refinance. And the coolest thing with loans, there's always different kind of programs out there. There's always different kinds of ways to get loans. As the market shifts and change, so do lenders. Lenders change. They want they want to do business. They're, they're in the job of making money, too. <clears throat> this is how banks make money. Banks don't make money with... Uh, with your money sitting there. They make money by being lenders. They may make money by being loans. And that's why private money lenders make money because they're essentially being what the bank is. You're being the bank. So why not be the bank, guys? Uh, Be the bank. That's the best way to make money. The bank makes money, so you be the bank. And do the exact same process. A bank gives you a mortgage and a promissory note, basically 30 pages of that, but that's what they give you. And that's how the bank secures money. So if a private money lender be the bank. Uh, best, funniest thing I can think of. Um, be the bank. <laughs> I just want to take a quick second. And if you're enjoying our content, please subscribe below. I love it if you guys can leave us a review or a comment or let me know what you guys thought. I love honest feedback and I love hearing what you guys think. This segment is an investor segment and we have a question and answer. So this week our question and uh, question and answer is, how does flipping affect the housing market? Does fixing up a home raise the value of the homes around it? Um, that's a great question. Um, it doesn't raise the value of the homes around it. When we fix and flip a home, we anticipate selling that home at comps, at what other homes in that market has sold for. So. Basically, we find a home way under value. We don't sell that home above the neighborhood value. We sell it at the neighborhood value. So we're not raising the market around us. We're creating stronger comps for that market. Um, If you want to kind of devil's advocate and say maybe you are raising the market because 
uh, of supply and demand. Now we're lowering that supply and demand for that area. That could be, you know, something to think about. Uh, markets are controlled. Anything you buy, you know, my watch is controlled by supply and demand. That's what controls a market. And do flippers control a market? If you think my 30 houses I flipped last year, I am the reason the market's going up. Um, sorry to break it to you. I wish I was that important, but I'm not. <laughs> um, there's generally you know two to three thousand homes sold a year. So flippers do not control markets. They're taking homes that are just dilapidated, just ready to fall down, getting drugs, you know, drug people out of these homes or or hoarder houses and bring them back nice homes for the neighborhood. So they're really making the homes nicer for the neighborhood. Uh, they're not by at all raising the prices of it. Homes will be sold what others will pay for it too. So we don't sell a house what more than somebody else will pay. We sell it to what somebody else is willing to pay for it. Um, and again, supply and demand, all the factors into all of this. So we don't raise the market. We sell the home what others were willing to pay for it. Or in the last year, a lot of others were willing to pay for a home. Um, so that home is not uh, not because of flippers. And the flippers are not uh, raising the market. It's supply and demand. I could say devil's advocate, yes, we're lowering the supply you know, because we took these off the market houses generally. If it's on the market houses, it depends. It's a little different. Just think of it more of supply and demand. Don't think of it a nice, an ugly house to a nice house. Um, it's not kind of the proper way, I think, to think of it as. Um, we're just bringing houses back to life and selling them what the neighborhood calls for, what others in that neighborhood or want to live in that neighborhood would call for um, and, and pay for that home around it. So, we are not the reason the market goes up and down. Um, maybe a developer doing you know ten thousand homes. He you can blame his market raise or whatnot on him, uh, but not really a fix and flipper guy. Maybe us. We're trying to get to ninety year. Maybe we'll have a little influence on it, um, but that's not much. Still in the heat of all the markets. And FYI, seventy five percent of the homes sold in Hawaii are sold to local people, to people that are from Hawaii, I should say. So don't think the market is raising or lowering because of mainland buyers or because of foreigners or, or, or Japanese or Chinese, whatever. 75% of our homes, I think it's actually 80, I think it is, um, are sold uh, to local people. And it's just people moving up in the world. So don't buy your million dollar house up front, you know, go buy your $300,000 condo, live in it, sell it for five and keep moving up. That's how local people move up. You know, in 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 our housing market, uh, deal highlight of the week. So this week it's your turn. Actually, this is really cool because I want you guys. That's right. I want you guys to send us some of the new deals you guys are looking at, or some of the guys, some of the deals that you guys own and. I love to look at them or lend on them or just talk about your guys' deals. So send some of the deals you guys have because I'm interested to hear what you kind of deals you guys are working on or we can be your lending uh, partner. You know, We can lend for you on those deals. Let us at least give you some rates and terms. We have a great website, um, White Sands Capital Lending, and uh, I'll post a link on the website. We have a great loan officer, Rich. You guys be talking to Rich 
and Rich will help you, um, you know, figure out the terms and rates, what we can do with you guys. And then we have a portal for that as well, a different portal um, that you can go through and we upload all the documents, really easy. Kind of just make the process as streamlined and simple as possible and get the appraisal out and then literally just close on that deal fast. So I'd love to work on some of you guys' deals. So if you guys have any hard money deals, just check, send them out, you know, get a price, get a quote, check us out. Um, it's what I do, so you guys should do it too. Um, so yeah, do it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in to us today. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe and all that fun stuff. Write some honest reviews and honest contact uh, comments. I really enjoy reading the comments and I really enjoy commenting back. So even DM me too in the Instagram or on YouTube. Um, and you can find me more on our social media, of course, Indar Hawaii. IndarHawaii.com is our, is our private money uh, site. And so message me on there. I'd love to comment and message with you guys. So have a great day. And aloha. Happy 10th episode. The Hawaii Mining Guy signing out. Aloha. Aloha.